What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. I just had never had that happen before where I was feeling a bunch of sensations in my body. And it was such an intense experience. Is sex always going to be like this? Very different from pre-menopause, even intra-menopause orgasms. I realized all of the different types of orgasms that I could have. When I orgasmed with these people that made me feel safe and cared for, I would just have these massive vibrations. She said to me, like, you, you should be very free. Kind of like a heaven experience. It was like being seen as my messiest self and still being loved and cherished. Today's episode is a special collaboration with Sex Positive Los Angeles, or SPLA. The organization recently helped my donuts and orgasms dream come true. I'll explain. So a few years ago, I was enjoying a donut, as you do, when it dawned on me that they are basically big O's. Okay, maybe not the most groundbreaking epiphany in the world, but I got excited because both O's are awesome, and I just thought it was cool. I'm into orgasms, I'm into donuts, both O's. And no, they weren't special donuts. I don't even know if anyone makes those. Anyway, as time went on and I thought about the whole thing more, it started to go a little deep. Way back when I was struggling with body dysmorphia and disordered eating, donuts were one of the very first indulgences that I love and would not allow myself. Gradually after that, I grew completely disconnected from my sexuality. And I think that's a common thing. When we deny ourselves pleasure in one area of life, other areas inevitably suffer. Thankfully, they can both flourish together too. And that's what happened for me as I healed. And all of that led to all things Girl Boner. In the years since, I have dreamed of hosting a donut and orgasm-themed event. And when I brought the idea up to my friend and colleague, Erin Tillman, she welcomed it. You may recall Erin from a few early episodes. Back then, she was known primarily as a dating coach. She's now a certified sex educator, intimacy coordinator for film and TV, and the executive director of SPLA, which she described like this. It's a 501c3 membership volunteer nonprofit that basically is kind of like adult sex ed. So we do classes, we do discussion groups around sex positivity, sexuality, identity, body positivity, consent and boundaries. We do things around polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, kink and BDSM. So many of us had terrible sex ed and don't even know what the options are and what the possibilities are. And so we basically are doing events for people to like explore and learn about any of these things that that are on their journey, you know, and everyone's journey is so different, you know, so I, I like to bring on facilitators like yourself who can bring something to the table and just help give people, I mean, not to sound too grandiose, but give people hope 
I love that. And the stories shared at our event called Donuts and Orgasm Stories were definitely full of hope. The event took place on a Saturday morning in West Hollywood. About 20 of us gathered at 910 WeHo, a queer and alternative lifestyle, friendly community space, to enjoy donuts, fruit, coffee, and some of our most memorable Big O stories. It had been a while since I led any kind of public sexuality event, and in my mind, I thought everyone would just be chomping at the bit to raise their hand and share a story, and they were totally into it, but they did need a little bit of warm-up. So I impromptu shared one of my own, one that I hadn't really thought about in some time. Anyone feeling like, I really want to share? <laughs> I was trying to think of if, if there's an orgasm I haven't talked about already. Um, I did have a Brussels sprout orgasm. Does anyone want to hear this story? Yes. Okay, so I was at a writer's conference, and I was really excited about the whole conference. And this was before Girl Boner, so I, I had written a thriller. So this was like a mystery conference. And... Everything was so exciting. I was pretty new to this field. I have this new book. So that's, I think, part of what set the stage. But at the hotel, in the restaurant, they made the most... Does anyone love Brussels sprouts? Like when they're cooked really well. You know, when they're like roasted and they have like the balsamic and it's like sweet and it's crunchy, but it's... They were so incredible. I was eating them and I think I was just already so turned on that as I'm eating them, my whole body just started to flush and it out like, what are you thinking about? But there's photos of me like just really into these Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and when I went back to my hotel room, I came like that. I mean, I didn't have to touch or anything. I say it was from the Brussels sprouts, but as I'm thinking about it, I'm realizing it's it was the whole experience. Yeah, it's the energy, it's the connection, it's the partaking in a passion that you have, you know, being around like-minded people and just being on this adventure. And I I really like that as kind of this idea that foreplay, quote unquote foreplay, is more like a state of being and a lifestyle. When you are turned on in your life, that your orgasms come much easier. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. So now several people I know, whenever Brussels sprouts are around, they're like, do you want one? <laughs> I think she wants one. At that point, Aaron asked to piggyback on my story. I mean, who wouldn't want to hop on the Brussels sprout gasm train? I know you want to. Some of my most like memorable orgasm experience, or I'll even say pleasure experiences that encompass orgasm in some way, have to do with what you said. I feel like there's usually something delicious or like an, just a bigger experience around being immersed in something. So when you were talking about Brussels sprouts in the hotel, I remember this ex of mine for my birthday, he like, we, went, we ended up in Vegas. And I remember going to this like amazing seafood restaurant. And I just remember every dish that came out was like just the most delicious thing. And it was like one of those restaurants where like everything that comes out has just a bunch of different flavors, like what you said, and textures. And I just remember sitting there and being like, and he's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think so. But I, I just had never had that happen before where I was feeling a bunch of sensations in my body. And usually when I hit that point, it doesn't take much touch either. 
And so there was there was a lot of like sex involved in that weekend as well. A lot of like pleasurable things, Vegas, you know. And I just remember it being like, it just didn't take much touch at all every time we had sex or were like doing something sexual. There was like an orgasm pretty quickly after that. But food, it, it does feel like food and tasting. Tasting is like a consistent thing for sure. Yeah, your senses, all of the different senses mm -hmm. are arousable to make up a word yeah no that's beautiful thanks for sharing that Erin the moral of the story eat delicious food seriously next Joe stepped up his orgasm story took place during what he described as heavy crunchy work to move past his deep-seated fear of sex and romance at the time he was working with a sexual surrogate for what's known as surrogate partner therapy and Joe didn't mind traveling to get to the right professional to help him move past his sex-related fear. So I went to a therapist and I found a professional who uh, will work with people who have issues around sex and I needed to have the experience of sex to get past that fear. I went to this person and we spent two months working towards that goal, sex being not guaranteed but possible. And when we got to that point, you know, we did what everyone does, take off their clothes, kiss, cuddle, foreplay. And then she turns to me and she says, how about a blowjob? And it was the funniest thing because it's, it was like she had just asked me, would you like a cup of coffee? And it was that moment of like, oh, yeah, you just ask. Like, that's all it is. So I had so much fear, fantasy ideas around what sex was. And so we got to that point and it was really intense emotionally because all of these feelings came up. There was anger, depression, fear, grief around all these years I had missed because I, I just got to this very late in life. I was actually 35 at that point when I had my first experience and joy and excitement and physical pleasure all at once. And it was so overwhelming. My brain was like trying to dissociate, trying to stop. And so I had to fight to keep present. It's like wrestling a bull to the ground. And I did. I stayed present and had that experience. And I remember the very end, we had been taught the arousal scale, one to 10, nine being orgasm eminent, 10 being it's happening now. It's just barely able to come back in and squeak out nine at the very end. <laughs> And um, it was just a really intense experience. And it's like I couldn't even move after. I emotionally, like, I felt n a little numb because I was just so exhausted. And it was such an intense experience. Like, is sex always going to be like this? You know, and I, I freaked out and I wanted to run away. And I called the right person and they said, I think you value your recovery and you'll go back. And I breathed through that fear and I came back. And the second time, easy blissful, calm, wonderful. Mm. Oh, so. That is beautiful. Beautiful. What were the main takeaways for you? What did you learn from that first experience? Um, this is kind of a general takeaway is that we have to face our fears. When we're afraid of something, we have to face it, even if it seems like a reasonable fear, because for me, like fear held me hostage. And it, it has in other areas of my life too. And so whenever I'm afraid of something, I know I have to like pursue it. And that's the way that I set myself free from it. 
And that started me on a long journey of, by awakening my own sexual person, my own sexuality, I became who I really am. That was 18 months ago, and so much has changed since then. In my first real relationship, I came out as pansexual. Like, all of this stuff happened in quick succession. And it's like planes waiting to land. And I finally cleared the runway. And then it's like plane after plane landing, all these gifts receiving from the universe. And then learning the reality versus the fantasy. Fantasy is nice, but it can't exist in reality. There's too much that's perfect. And so there's always that letdown when the fantasy is not met. But if I stay in the reality, the reality is actually a lot more beautiful because it is in its own way and it's real. Mm, gorgeous. Can we applaud? <laughs> thank you very much. Joe, thank you so much for sharing that. Happy Masturbation May. The holiday turned month aims to celebrate and destigmatize sexual self pleasure. As the Pleasure Chest shared on their blog, masturbation can be a natural, safe way to explore your body, feel pleasure, release built up sexual tension, relieve stress, ease menstrual cramps, and protect against prostate cancer. To get busy with yourself in a fun new way, Check out the wide range of masturbation sleeves, vibrators, dildos, and more at thepleasurechest.com. And don't forget to pick up some lubricant. Shop your heart and your boner out with always discreet free shipping at thepleasurechest.com today. Next, writer and humorist Heidi Mastro Giovanni took the mic. She called her story a broad-brush collection of post-menopause orgasms. Very different from pre-menopause, even intra-menopause orgasms. I started to need help lubricating, which is fine. It's not hard to get. But you notice, you notice there's a difference. Where you used to not, you do. I would describe the difference in my sexuality, in my lust, if you will. It's much more cerebral now rather than vaginal, for want of a better way of, of locating. I've been married for a long time, and my husband, who is younger, was with me just pre-menopause, during menopause, which has its challenges. You know, hormones are intense, as we all know, at every stage of life. And obviously post. So this is all with one partner. And the thing that struck me is the orgasms now, and when I say mindless lust, that's not a negative. That's that unbelievable, you're in your 20s and it's New York City. And you're just like, you know, every bad boy on the island of Manhattan is, is waiting to fuck you. And so you do, you know, because it's Manhattan and you're young, you know, and it's unbelievably fun. It's so much fun. And then you're no longer in your 20s. And the orgasms are really about communication, connection, adoration on a level that is much more cerebral and they're very different and each one before and after is just so much fun and I think when you get to a certain age you're also kind of like yeah I'm just gonna have fun 
I'm just going to have fun because I've, you know, I mean, we've all earned it. It doesn't matter what stage we're in, but just an awareness of how wonderful it is to decide, no, I'm going to have fun. Yes. You know, to own our journey and and all that we've been through and all we've learned. Wow. Did you expect that shift? I didn't know what to expect because we've, you know, I saw my mother during her menopause when the windows had to come open when it was 20 degrees out. And those hot flashes, are, you know, they're intense. That's, that's something. Um, I just didn't expect to really feel sexy in a very, 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 very different way, which has really been fun. Just at a certain age, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. Just freedom. Freedom. That's a perfect word, August. It's just, you know, it's the, the old cliche of, you know, no fucks left to give. And that feels great, you know. Love me, love my 65-year-old tits, yes. which apparently my husband does. God love him. So, yeah. 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 Love you hearing know. that. Yeah. That's beautiful. What advice would you offer someone who is, let's say, perimenopausal? I, I think that truly you're not alone by any means, and embrace it for want of a better way to describe it, and, and just go, that's okay. All right, so I'm, I'm not lubricating myself. There's stuff I can do. And it's, it's different. It's, it's just as great. Speaking of sexy adventures, Norma, a relationship coach, spoke next about some experiences with a particular partner that took her orgasms to a whole new level. My first truly like kinky partner was my English daddy. He was 20 years older than me. He was very settled, very safe. And we formed this beautiful connection and we could explore and learn together. And so orgasms with him were on a different level. And the best way to describe it is just like on a journey, just tying the mental the emotional and the physical all together, which was something that I hadn't really experienced in other relationships before. And so that just felt so much more spiritual, for lack of a better term, and I am not religious at all. So, Ah. yeah. Do you care to share anything about how you met? Uh, Okay, Cupid. (laughs) And I was dating his best friend. Oh. And then decided to switch switch allegiance. Everybody was cool with it. We're all poly. We talked about it. That's great. That's great. So did sex start out the way you're describing? No. Sex at the start was just normal sex and orgasms. But as I learned how to submit, as I learned how to trust him, and as I learned how to trust my own body, our play intensified. And with the intensification of the play, I realized like all of the different types of orgasms that I could have. And all of the pleasure that I could have even without orgasming. And like, where do you draw the line of like, what's an orgasm, what isn't? It's so different for everybody. And so learning that was really mind mind blowing Mm, and fun. I bet. Wow. Does any experience stand out? You mentioned it was gradual. Mm -hmm. But was there an experience that stood out to you as like, Eureka? (laughs) Um... We've broken up since, so one of the things that I still very much miss is we would be having sex and I would get on top of him and don't do this without a lot of knowledge and uh, experience, but we would play with breath play and he would choke me out just enough and he knew my expressions, my body, my face, my sounds, but that journey in my own mind and head was 
like I went to the universe and back and just felt everything and like kind of like a psychedelic experience and then coming back to and coming back into my body slowly with all the sensations and feeling him in me was incredible wow wow you mentioned you're not together now Mm -hmm. um how did those experiences shape your sex life moving forward I mean just taught me the possibilities and what's possible what I want and it made me wonder if I can do that then what's next yes I love that creativity and curiosity after all can be so powerful in our sex lives As a side note, she's very right about breath play taking a lot of caution, skill, and preparation, or it can be very dangerous. Please keep that in mind if you yourself are curious about choking. You can also scroll back to an episode about it featuring Ashley Cobb. Next, Rachel shared an experience about a set of healing orgasms. Rachel is an integration coach for people who have had experience with plant medicine. And she also mentioned some things that I think are worth taking caution around, specifically psychedelics, since they may not be safe if you have a chronic medical or mental health condition or work with iffy professionals. And so the context around these was that I had been in a relationship where there was a lot of lies, betrayal, emotional manipulation. I mean, sex was always very important in that relationship and I feel like some of the push and pull and intensity of it like fueled that but toward the end my body started rejecting this person before I even emotionally was rejecting this person like we would have sex and I will have bled from it and like I wouldn't know why I'm like well everything felt fine like I love you this is great but my body was like rejecting this person, even to the point where I went to my gynecologist and she's like, I don't know what's going on, but everything looks fine. So that was really interesting. And through talking with my therapist, I kind of like identified that a little bit that like, oh, you're not listening to what you need and your body is doing this for you. After that relationship ended and I got into some different relationships and started exploring sexually with these people, when I orgasmed with these people that made me feel safe and seen and cared for was I would just have these massive vibrations like radiating from the inside out of you and making you kind of melt into the world around you. And those were happening like every time I was orgasming with these partners that showed a lot of care and consideration. Then later when I went to an ayahuasca ceremony, I actually connected with people there that like really connected it to the whole way that our body holds trauma and that one of the ways that you heal in spaces is through like the vibrating and the purging of it out through these vibrations. Now I feel like I've healed enough that those aren't always there. And I'm like, I miss the vibrations. <laughs> those were so cool. Um, also, they were there doing their healing thing. And I don't think it's just sexual trauma that they can help through. They also, like, we hold trauma in our bodies, just like from childhood trauma to car accidents. Like, we'll hold that in ourselves. And those vibrations can come out in a variety of different ways. And orgasm was one of them. The body is just incredible. Oh, yes. my goodness. <laughs> so at what point did you realize that it was your body rejecting 
Um, I mean, I definitely thought it was all my fault (laughs) and like, and I should have known like with all the other emotional things going on, but I was also deep in the fog of it. And so it was really going to the gynecologist and her affirming like everything looks great and healthy about you. And then talking about that with my therapist. And then I also have a Reiki person. (laughs) And I think it was more the Reiki person that was like, you know what you need to do. Like, and she never pushed me to do anything, but she's like, you know, and your body is talking to you and you just need to listen to it. And that became a whole thing was reconnecting with my intuition after this, because when you have someone constantly doubting your reality back at you and making you feel crazy all the time, you stop believing that little voice inside yourself. So reconnecting to that intuition, I think was really helpful. And yeah, it comes out in your body. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gave me goosebumps. That's really, that's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah, And, and orgasms, those vibrations are so healing. Oh, they are. (laughs) I've I've heard that from many people who've gone through like body dysmorphia or eating disorders and things like that, that, you know, we have this idea that you're supposed to like feel sexy and love yourself. And then you have great sex. And sometimes it's the orgasms and the arousal and the trusting your body to be intimate with yourself or or others that brings the healing. Yeah, totally. And like finding that trust in yourself, but then also working with people that are safe (laughs) and are that so that your feeling is the same as what's kind of happening on the outside. You're not having that feeling and told that it's wrong. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to better connect with their intuition or their their body sending them a message and they're in that, that space? Well, definitely like the simple approaches are things like meditation, like with music as a guide and kind of connecting, like doing a body scan where you just really scan down your body um, to see like where you're feeling things or even when you're feeling a huge emotion. Taking that moment to ask yourself, where am I feeling this? My friend actually sent me a TikTok on this the other day. Marcia, she's lovely. Um, um, It really talked about having that big emotion and taking that moment to pause and see where you're feeling it and kind of like be curious about that emotion. Mm, That's so, so so gorgeous. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my goodness. There's that word again, curious. Curiosity comes up a lot in orgasm stories. All right, so let's mingle, have some donuts, have a banana, (laughs) water, coffee. (laughs) (laughs) All right, if anybody would like to share privately, just wander on over. As folks mixed and mingled frosted O's in hand, two attendees joined me to talk one-on-one about their memorable orgasm experiences. Yeah, I'm an anonymous person. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So hold the microphone a little bit closer to you. Uh-huh. There we go. So this anonymous person, we'll call him AP, told me that his most incredible orgasm experience made him feel like he was in another world. At the time, he was working toward his master's degree, and he had to travel by train to school. So I was boarded onto the train. I saw one gorgeous lady. I stared at her and she keeps staring at me. So I thought, okay, so let me stare at her because she's very beautiful. In his mind, like an angel. She keeps staring at me. Okay, I thought, okay, maybe she's part of my place or she's part of like other states or other places. So I I, I have my doubts in my mind. 
Did they even speak the same language? She looked away and started walking, but not toward him. She went to a bathroom. Like, I thought I followed her. She turned toward him and asked, Why are you following me? So with my dareness, I said, okay, you are beautiful. She's okay with my response. Then she started like, you know, talking to me in my own language. Oh, I thought, okay, she belongs to my place and like, you know, my, she's speaking to my own language. As it turned out, they had even more than that in common. She was also going for her master's. Okay, I, I felt very happy inside me, like, you know, okay, so that, that, that is my, like, you know, maybe the, my, my first experience in my life, uh, like, you know, to get out from my bachelorness. To get out from his bachelorness, AP hadn't been involved with anyone for some time, and meeting this woman felt like sunshine. So <laughs> that, that's what I thought. She shared her number and she shared her, like, you know, her address and everything. I started calling her like, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, she welcomed me. The beautiful place she's living in. So it's like, you no, know, just two, three miles away from my campus. I went there and she welcomed me. And that was my first experience with her. She welcomed AP to her bed, where he said she shared everything with him. Then she invited two women from her neighborhood over for dinner and more. Because she, she said to me, like, you, you should be very free, like, kind of like, you know, uh, heaven experience. Also an utmost experience, she said. She was aiming to calm his nerves. Because everything is new to me because I was shaky that time. And soon he felt less shaky and a lot more comfortable. Over the next two years, AP and the woman got together for some sexy fun more than 50 times. So every time she treated me like very gentleman, but uh, mm. she, she made the sweaters to me. She sewed you a sweater? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like knitting or uh, knitting, yeah, knitting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So was your sexual experience with this one woman or also with the other well, women with who the lived other, there? Well, other girls also. All that, together that, at the that, same uh, time? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so that was, uh, was yeah. this, would you say it was an orgasmic experience? Orgasmic experience. It's a, it's a wonderful experience. Like, you no, know, every time, it, it, because by seeing her, you know, something in me erect. That's yeah. It. But that's what her, her beautiness, that mm. personality, that's a really, really amazing experience for me. Ah. Uh. What do you think you learned from that experience? Yeah, that, that's what the life, like, you know, we, we need to have a calmness, more steadiness, and everything should be achieved with the freeness. 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 Last, I spoke with Kelsey, a sex educator. One of Kelsey's most meaningful orgasms took place about a year ago. And I was going through a lot of really big life changes and a lot of things were sort of falling apart, but the things that needed to fall apart. And I had just ended a really deep friendship and moved out of our house and was very sad about that and very like distressed. My partner was like really there for me through that whole time. I don't know, it was also like a period of time where I'd been going to therapy and doing a lot of work healing sexual trauma and being more present in my body again. After a date one night, she and her partner started having sex. But I cried. (laughs) Um, And so we stopped, went to bed. And then the next morning we woke up and like I was 
still sad. Kelsey was just going through so many heavy changes. She thinks that's where the tears came from. Like it kind of all hit me in that moment as we were having sex, which was a very inconvenient time (laughs) for it to happen. But I mean, it was so lovely that he stopped, you know, and didn't pressure me. And I think that for me is something that is really huge in my life because I've had so much of that like pressuring. And so I don't know, it was like another layer of safety for us. And so the next morning when we woke up, I think I still had like makeup from the night before, like smeared on my face. But we started having sex and it was like really beautiful. It was like very, I felt in my body, but I felt connected to him. And then like during the orgasm itself, it was like psychedelic, kind of like of like this connection to the universe in a way. And I think thinking about the meaning, it was like being seen as my messiest self and still being loved and cherished. And that was really powerful. That's so incredible that you were like, oh, this is an inconvenient time. But like, (laughs) and that's what made it so wonderful later was you being so raw and having that met with love and allowance. Like you get to be here just how you are. Yes. And I think that like sometimes when we think about really amazing sexual experiences, we think of like, the candles, the lingerie, like everything's perfect. That can happen. But I think that for me that this, it was so raw and there was so much imperfection happening, but it was like a very transcendent experience. Did it impact you moving forward, those lessons? Yeah, I think for me, one of the things I'm really trying to carry forward in my life is like being seen by people and starting to feel comfortable by that. And, um, being seen as my messy self. (laughs) Yeah, to have that and it to be so pleasurable and so beautiful was really profound. As we wrapped up, Kelsey said, who knew that being seen as your messiest self could be what we might all need? To learn more about SPLA, including upcoming in-person and virtual events, visit sexpositivelosangeles.org and follow along on Instagram at sexposla. Also, Joe, the first storyteller you heard from, is launching a podcast of his own called Pan Talk. If you are pansexual, panromantic, or pangender, or someone in your life is, and you would like to talk about your experiences for an episode, send an email to pantalkpod at gmail.com. I'll leave you with a few more things donuts and orgasms have in common, as shared on the Girl Boner Instagram page, where I kind of sort of acted them out. What orgasms and donuts have in common? I'll start with the obvious. Both are big O's. Both are exciting and delicious. Sometimes you have a craving or want more than one. Both come in all different shapes and sizes. And of course, holes. O's and donuts are also both pleasures, kinds we can choose to embrace, even when the world says they are too indulgent. For some donut slash big O fun of your own, Find a bonus clip featuring another story and the worksheet we completed at the event at patreon.com slash girlboner. If you're enjoying Girlboner Radio, 
I would so appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or in the iTunes store. And please do tell your friends about it. Thanks so much for listening.